If you have your Bible, turn with me to Mark chapter 2 this evening. Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2 is a very familiar passage of Scripture, and uh, it's one that you've probably read dozens of times. You've probably heard uh, uh, great preaching, great messages out of this passage of Scripture. Uh, but these are some things that I, I feel like I would love to just share with you to try to encourage you with this morning. Uh, I know our time is limited here, so I, I'm going to talk fast, so you'll have to listen fast. Okay, does that sound good? Because I want to get us out of here on time. Mark chapter 2, verse number 1. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. And they come on him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, Thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Oh, why did this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, uh, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. This is an incredible story to me. I love this passage of Scripture because I think there's a lot of things that I can learn. I, I can learn uh, so many things, but I really want to kind of condense it down and go straight to a, a specific part of this portion of Scripture here. Uh, these, these men who wanted to get their paralyzed friend to Jesus, they couldn't get him there because of the crowds that had blocked the door to the house where Jesus was teaching in verse number 4. So uh, they took this, this paralyzed man up to the roof. And once they got up to the roof of the house, they broke open this roof and they lowered their friend down to Jesus Christ. And houses in this day uh, probably would have had one of two different types of, of roofs. Uh, one of them would have been kind of a grass that had been laid in mud and kind of combined with that mud to form a, a, a thatch, if you will, that they could put over the top of that roof uh, to make a covering for the house. Uh, other houses would have used kind of like a clay tile. They would have formed tile out of the mud. They would have let it uh, harden in the sun and then stacked them down in rows across the roofs uh, to cover it up. Either way, uh, basically from what we know from the history of civilization, uh, civilization, from studying this time period, houses in this time would have had some type of a mud clay roof formed over the top of them especially if you're talking about a house strong enough for people to climb up on top of it, to stand on top of it, to lower someone down. It would have been a very sturdy structure. It would have been a very sturdy roof to have been able to hold this much weight from four grown men plus one man that they had carried up there. In the Bible, when we study and know that there's many things that we can learn from God's Word that are representations, one of the representations that speaks to us out of the book of Jeremiah is how clay usually represents man. It usually is talking about man and, and our sinfulness, our fragility, uh, the fact that God has formed us, that God uh, can sometimes uh, remake us, uh, remold us, and, and we're constantly to be changed into his image. Uh, a lot of times when we study that word uh, clay, we find this picture given to us. 
the same clay stays with us until we make that trip home to glory. And it tends to to get in the way. And in this passage of scripture this morning, it seems to me that besides the crowd, when the men desperately wanted to get to Jesus Christ, there was one thing keeping them from actually doing what they wanted most to do and getting this man to Jesus Christ. And it was this clay. What I want you and I to see from this passage is the truth today that the clay of our flesh really has to be uncovered. It has to be broken up before we can ever experience our Savior's blessing to to experience his power uh, in our lives. But when we get the clay out of the way, man, we can experience Jesus and his glory in a way that is impossible otherwise. Uh, Let me show you the first point. Uh, The first thing I see in this passage of Scripture, when we finally realize that if I'm going to see God do great things in my life, if I'm going to see God allow me to be more involved in the ministries of my church, if God's going to uh, allow me and bless me and use me to be able to see more people come to know Christ as their personal Savior, maybe it's a a co-worker or a family member or a neighbor that I I desperately want to see them come to know Christ as their Savior, Uh, maybe it's going to be through my giving to my church or, or whatever it may be, if I'm going to see God do great things in my life, the first thing I've got to be willing to do is get myself out of the way. I've got to get this clay out of the way so that I can see what Jesus Christ is going to do. And the first thing that I realize about this is once the clay is out of the way, we can examine the person of Jesus. That's what I see in this passage of Scripture. Uh, When they got this clay out of the way, they could see Jesus and, and what he was doing. You see, when the clay is out of the way, he becomes way more discernible. As they stood on that roof, the voice of Jesus was probably dimmed. Uh, His face was definitely hidden from view. But when this clay was removed, they could look at Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, we've all heard that that saying, that that, that phrase that's thrown around our churches so many times, that you are the only Jesus that some people will ever see. Well, I dare say if the clay is in the way, they're not going to be able to see Jesus in your life. If you're so full of your priorities, if you're so full of what you want to accomplish in your life, your goals, uh, your your own agendas, uh, if you are so full of yourself, people are never going to be able to see Jesus Christ in your life. And if I want to see people uh, come to know Christ as their Savior, if I want them to see how much love he's displayed in my life and the the faith and the grace that he's 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 portrayed through my life, I need to get myself out of the way and live in in, in in a fashion That when people see my life, they see Jesus Christ. Could you imagine what it must have been like that day? Uh, Those men, they were so excited. I mean, this has been a a tough, a tough job for them. Here they're carrying a grown man, uh, probably. It says he was born of four. We're not exactly sure how they carried him, uh, whether they each grabbed a limb or if they had a a, a sheet or or a blanket of some sort that they were carrying him on. But uh, regardless, uh, they carry this man to Jesus Christ. And this is the Middle East where it's probably very hot. There was no asphalt. There was no concrete walkway. So they're probably going through the dirt and the gravel and the sand trying to get this man to Jesus Christ. And once they even get to the facility where he's at, there's so many people that won't even let them through the door. This This is not an easy task. This is not an easy job. But could you imagine once they got up there on that roof and they they broke open that roof, the relief that must have been there when they could finally see Jesus Christ. It really is him. It's really him. His voice, just looking on his countenance, listening to the compassion as he teaches, looking at the kindness in his eyes. It really is Jesus Listen, our world today does not need to see Christians who are just sharp and professional people. 
Uh, they don't need to see people who are just moral people. They need to see Jesus Christ on display in our lives. They need to see compassion. They need to feel grace. They need to hear about mercy. They need to know about forgiveness. They need to know about Jesus Christ. And they should be able to look at us and see Jesus Christ adequately displayed by our lives, by our speech, by our actions. I believe He not only becomes more discernible, but He becomes more desirable. You know, when we get the clay out of the way in our lives, business definitely picks up. When he's seen in the right position, the soul will long for him and desire him more than life itself. Finally, there he is. Now, guys, we just got to get this guy to him. We got to get this guy to him because he's the one that can solve the problem. He's the one that can speak life. He's the one that can change people. Uh, I think this passage of Scripture is mind-boggling because here's this man with palsy. We're not sure what kind he has. If he has Bell's palsy, cerebral palsy, brachial palsy. I'm not sure what type of palsy he actually has. But he has something that has limited his mobility for for all of his life. It's caused him to be a beggar, to be probably forgotten about so many times, uh, asking people to provide for his life. And these men know that there's absolutely nothing they can do to change his life, but the creator of his body certainly can change it. So can I tell you that that person that you feel like is a hopeless cause... That person that maybe has a dependency on some type of alcohol or drugs. Uh, that person that's made so many different choices that they shouldn't have. They, they feel like they need love from the arms of one person after the other after the other, and they're not finding it there. Uh, that person that's probably been abused emotionally or physically or verbally. Uh, these people that we feel like are, are, are hands off, that there's nothing we can do to change their life. Let me tell you this. Jesus Christ absolutely, positively can change lives. He does change lives. He will change lives. He is still in that business today. We've just got to get people to Jesus Christ. And man, when the clay is out of the way, he becomes so much more desirable. I need Jesus. Oh, Bradley, get yourself out of the way. Bradley, quit thinking about your pride and your ambitions and your goals. And let's just get to Jesus Christ and let's see what he's going to do. I guarantee you when our mindset focuses on Jesus Christ, things get so much better. The blessings, oh man, do they happen. We can examine the person of Jesus Christ, but number two, can I tell you this? Once you get the clay out of the way, you can enter the presence of Jesus. After the clay was taken out of the way, those men were able to lower that sick fellow right into the very presence of the Lord. Listen, when you get your clay out of the way, you do realize, don't you, that you can discharge your burden. Finally, this guy's gotten heavy. I feel like we carried him all over town. I remember being in Honduras and uh, we were in the clinic and all of a sudden I heard somebody yelling my name, Bradley, Bradley, come quick, come quick. And so I looked out the door and it was one of the guys that was working our front gate. And he said, hey, there's a lady that just passed out right here in front of the gate. I said, all right, well, there were three ER nurses with me in the pharmacy. I said, come on, y'all, let's go down there and see what's going on. So we go down there. Sure enough, there's a lady passed out on the ground. And uh, it was it was pretty evident that she had dehydration. So uh, we got a liter of fluid. We gave her an IV. We started to give her some fluids to kind of build up her hydration level again. And I said, let's send her to the hospital just to make sure there's nothing else going on. 
I'm kneeling down next to this woman, and the three nurses that I'm talking to are all standing around me as I'm kneeling next to this woman. The missionary had pulled his truck up, and I said, let's get her into the truck. We'll send her to the ER just to make sure things are all right. That's the best, most ethical thing that we could do. So uh, being the macho man that I am, these three ladies are standing there. I'm already kneeling next to this woman. I decided I would pick her up and carry her to the truck by myself. It was no big deal. I mean, I'm twice her size. I'm, I'm able to do this. It's no problem at all. And I don't know if you've ever tried to carry someone who is unconscious, but it is totally different than carry somebody that's conscious. You know, when I pick up my wife, she leans into me, puts her arm around me. It's way easier. This lady was not helping me at all. Arms flying everywhere, heads rolling around. Her, I'm trying to keep her in my arm, trying to keep from pulling her IV out as I'm trying to do this thing all by myself. Uh, it was quite a task. And then I get to the truck and I'm thinking, how am I going to get her in there without tossing her in there or out hitting her head against her? I mean, it was it was a nightmare. Uh, listen, I want you to know that that for me, that 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 was just symbolic to me of how so many times I struggle in life carrying burdens on my own that I don't have to carry by myself. Uh, number one, these guys did it as a team. I hope you know that you got a good church here Amen. with a lot of people who help you pray with the burdens that you're carrying, that you got a good pastor who loves you and your family. He's willing to help share that burden and pray and see what God would do. But once we get to Jesus Christ, that heavy burden that we've been carrying so long, we can actually lay it down in his feet. Hey, listen, I don't have to worry about if I'm going to be able to cover the finances. Jesus Christ is going to take care of that. As long as I'm portraying what he wants me to with my life, as long as I'm obeying his word with my finances, he'll care. He'll care for those things. Uh, that horrible health report that the doctor just gave me. I'm not worried about that. I'm laying that at Jesus feet. I'm going to ask him to make my life glorify him so much that even if I do die of this illness, that he gets glorified by it. And it's amazing the burden that I'm able to put down at his feet. He's a great physician. He can take care of that. Uh, No matter what burden you carry today, I want you to know that when you get yourself out of the way, you can finally put it down at Jesus' feet and watch Him do something that you cannot do. Man, I love that. You can also discover your blessings. Jesus, in verse number 5, looks up and He sees this man and what they've done to get their friend to Him. And He commends them on the basis of their faith. On the basis of their faith, he heals this paralyzed man. Listen, until your flesh and mine is dealt with, we can forget about revival. We can forget about the power of God. But when we take the steps to ensure that this clay is broken up before God, I believe that he will move in power on his church. Do you want to know who's going to cause me more trouble than anybody else? It isn't you. It isn't the devil Really, my biggest problem is me and my rotten, stinking nature that I carry with me. It gets more corrupt every day. But whenever I can break it up before God, when I can lay it out there and say, God, I I am a broken human being that can do nothing apart from you. And I need your grace and I need your mercy every day. I need your love to, to empower me and strengthen me and give me victory today. Man, that's when the blessings come. When these men sat there on the edge of that roof, and couldn't you imagine what that must have been like as everybody in the room, everybody was looking to see who that was. Could you imagine being the homeowner? I would have been mad. I just put that roof on there. (laughs) Could you imagine that that day? As they stand up there and they're looking in that hole that's been made in the roof, and there's those four wild-eyed looking guys that are grinning ear to ear because that's Jesus. That's the reason why we're here. And because of their faith, This amazing transformation takes place. What if it's because you lack faith that someone else is not 
seeing Jesus Christ work in their life. Uh, maybe you lack the faith to actually share the gospel. Uh, maybe you lack the faith to go and tell them. Maybe you lack the faith to give and be involved. Maybe you lack the faith to, to start that class or work in that outreach ministry or whatever it may be. What if somebody is not experiencing that transformation that Jesus Christ could offer them simply because you and I lack the faith? Whenever we get the clay out of the way, we can enter the presence of Jesus Christ. We can discharge our burden. We can discover our blessings. But then let me share with you this last point. When you get the clay out of the way, you can experience the power of Jesus. Man, after the clay's out of the way, this paralyzed man could get to Jesus. And when he got to Jesus, he experienced the Lord's power in a twofold way. I think he understood and realized his cleansing power. Verse number five, it tells us that Jesus cleansed this man of his sins. When the clay was taken out of the way, he was cleansed by the Lord. And when we uncover the clay of our lives through confession and when we break up the clay of our lives through humble repentance, man, we can experience his cleansing power, according to 1 John 1, 9. Aren't you tired sometimes of carrying that around? Whatever it may be for you. We all have those sins that so easily beset us. And don't you get tired sometimes of harboring that that nobody else knows or uh, that you deal with it on a regular basis. How about we just say, you know what, God, let me get that out of the way. I want to get myself out, Lord. I want to break it all up. I want to put it right here in front of you. And I want to watch you cleanse. I want to watch you do something great. I want to see you give me victory in this area. Because he most certainly will. But I think it's not only his cleansing power we can experience, but his changing power. Verses 10 through 12 tells us that what Jesus uh, did, it changed this man's life. Before this man met Jesus, he could do nothing. But when the clay was taken out of the way, he sure walked differently, didn't he? Uh, I like that. Um, I don't know if you've ever met anyone with palsy. I, I have a sneaking suspicion. Uh, I, I think it's a high probability that this man had a cerebral palsy. I don't know if you've ever met someone that has cerebral palsy. A lot of times their, their, their arms will kind of be, uh, turned inwards like this. Their, their, their ankles and their feet will also be kind of turned in. Uh, they're very emaciated because of, uh, the, the lack of, of exercise. So their, their muscles have definitely just withered to, to pretty much nothing. A lot of times, especially in this time period, he probably would have had a hard time getting food. So he probably would have been very frail, very skinny. And so I'm thinking about this passage of Scripture. I'm thinking of what just a sad condition this would have been that day as this man is lowered down in front of Jesus Christ. But then at Jesus' feet, when Jesus says, hey, uh, you're forgiven of your sins, and he looks at all these other people, he says, listen, I don't care what y'all need to hear. This is all about making sure you understand that I am the Son of God and I have power on earth to save. That's really what he's saying in that passage of Scripture. So whether you want me to say get up, arise, and walk, or if you want me to say your sins are forgiven you, either way, I have power on earth to do both of those things. And in that passage of Scripture, when Jesus looks at that man, he says, hey, arise, take up that bed and go that way. Could you imagine what it must have been like in the room that day? Because according to my Bible, I mean, when I read this passage of Scripture here and I look at this and I see what he's saying here, verse number 12, this, this, the first four words of verse number 12, and immediately he arose. Could you imagine being in the room that day? It was no uh, watching this man, hey, uh, you're healed. Can somebody come over and give him a walker so that he can learn how to walk? There's none of that. There was no occupational therapy that took place. There was no physical therapy that took place. Uh, there was no exercise. He didn't lift some weights first so that those, those, those muscles in his leg could finally carry his uh, body weight. 
I mean, this was immediate. Those hands that had been curled under just stretched straight out. Those feet that had been tilted in finally stretched out straight. That man turned himself over. He stood up straight in front of them all. He was able to bend back over, grab his bed, roll it up, stick it under his arm, and he was gone. Man, could you imagine being in the room that day? Uh, You also saw what it said in verse number 12. And they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. If you read that in Alabama, what they say is, we ain't ever seen nothing like that before. (laughs) Did y'all see what I just saw? That fella that's been laying on the side of the road for years, that fella that that had such such a horrible medical condition, did y'all see what I just saw? He just stood up and walked out of here. Could you imagine how this changed so many people's lives? Imagine his mama when he got home. What in the world happened to my son? Could you imagine his siblings? Could you imagine the neighbors? Could you imagine the whole community? Are you kidding me? We've been giving food to him and I've been throwing money in his basket for years. Are you kidding? Did you see what's happened? Do you see how his life has changed? Do you see where I'm going with this? That I've seen the people that have come into our clinics with the track marks all over their arms from sticking all kind of stuff in their body thinking that would bring them peace and joy and hope and it didn't. I've seen them come to know Christ as our personal Savior and they are a beautiful trophy of God's grace. I've seen those homes where the husband was so abusive to the wife and and she was so timid and shy around anyone because of his authoritarian beliefs that he could treat her anyway instead of as that beautiful helpmeet that God had created him. Come to know Christ as his Savior and that home is a beautiful picture of God's grace. Those Families that were brokenhearted because they had a child that they felt would never come back to Christ. But then somebody got them to Jesus. And that child made a beautiful homecoming, not only with their family, but with their Savior. I'm here this morning to tell you that when we get ourselves out of the way, we could see Jesus Christ do such amazing miracles. And I think that we as a church... If we all were to exercise this in our life, get me out of the way, God, so that people can see you clearly. I think we could leave this world standing just like this group that day going, man, I've never seen anything like that before. Have you ever seen anything like what's going on over at Mississauga International Baptist Church? Uh, Those are some of the most loving, welcoming people I've ever met. Uh, Those are some people who are selfless in their actions. It seems like they're always trying to put others first. I've never seen a group of believers like that before that are seeing people change. They they pray for others like no one I've ever seen before. Uh, That church they give and, and they do more than anybody I've ever seen. Man, that's such a picture of Jesus Christ over there. You see, I believe we can leave a world with their mouth wide open, staring in disbelief that people could love Christ so much that they would want to live for Him and live like Him. The first thing we got to do, get the clay out of the way. How about this morning we start that? Why, why don't you and I, why don't we stop and think for just a moment? God, in what ways? In what ways am I hindering your work from being done? God, what things do I have in my life right now that I could get out of the way that would allow more people to see you through me? And why don't we not only ask him what that might be, But why don't we ask Him to help us just break it up, Lord? Let me just break it apart. Let me lay it out in front of you and see you do something great. 
because I desperately want to see the person of Jesus. I want to enter into your presence and feel your power. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings and uh, thank you for this passage of Scripture. I'm thankful for the way that you've spoken to my life and how you've used it in me. And now this morning, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to be open-minded and open heart to, to open our hearts to see how you would want to change us, how you would want to use us. And if there's someone in here today that maybe needs to get some things right, or maybe there's someone in here today that doesn't even know you as their personal Savior, that today they would enter into your presence, that they would see you for who you are, the loving, heavenly, holy Father that you are, and that we would experience your power today. Lord, speak to us during this time of invitation, we pray in your name.